Phaedros scanned the city street before him, cycling through different filters, anticipating a signal yet unreceived, awaiting a time not yet arrived. He and Xerophos had been quietly concealed in the market for weeks, carefully shrouded beneath Chameleoline, diligently guarding their charge, a rapier laser destroyer. Over a month ago, dozens of legionnaires had infiltrated their way onto Abnurius. Cloaked in Chameleoline, they deftly navigated the chaos of the initial skirmish with the damnable Imperial Fist occupying this foul, rotting, backwards corner of space. The world held no immediate strategic value to the Seventh, outside of their pitiful allegiance to a forsaken empire in its death throes. Thus, the Twentieth had slipped the few soldiers they would need planet-side and orchestrated covert dead drops in the following weeks, allowing teams like he and Xerphos to assemble the rapier under cover of darkness. The process had been tedious, and initially, Phaedros had cursed his luck. Their position was safe for the most part, but the rancid, putrescence, and destitute squalor of the slums assailed and nearly overwhelmed his power armor's built-in filtration systems. That made it far easier to hide bodies, though, as bloated, decaying corpses and the vermin they attracted could not overpower the stench of existence in such a wretched place. On more than one night, drunken vagabonds had stumbled into the cloaked legionaries, dispatching a mere mortal offered in Astarte such as Phaedros no challenge, and yielded little satisfaction, like crushing an ant beneath a thumb. But secrecy was paramount, and bodies yielded few clues than the living. Slinking through the streets and alleyways, creeping through sewers and catacombs, and stealing across rooftops and causeways to obtain all parts necessary to complete the rapier assembly had taken time, but the time was a resource the Alpha Legion had in spades. Laying siege to the garrison fist would have been suicide, and given the world's strategic insignificance, raids were unlikely to be cost-effective ways to exploit resources and deny them from the enemy, especially given the finest war gear offered by the allegiance to the Warmaster Horse. The Alpha Legion had long labored over perfection of their Bane Strike rounds and were able to offer a limited supply of the rounds to the Warmaster for the massacre in exchange for receiving one of the first shipments of Mark IV power armor. Phaedros marveled at its fit and finished and how quietly it enabled he and his brothers to conduct acts of subterfuge, assassination, and sabotage. The array of additional sensors gave better ways than ever to analyze environments and exploit foes, perfect for missions like this. But still, he and Xerphos waited, their enhanced and engineered bodies slowing to a near-breathless hibernative state while remaining conscious and alert to the events around them. By his understanding, the 20th were due to have left the system, which would set in motion events that those planet-side were ready to capitalize upon. The fist, so assured and self-righteous, would do what any victorious combatant would do, rally their peoples and parade, celebrating their successful defense and protection of these pathetic mortals. The Alpha Legion would turn their joy into sorrow and be their undoing, shredding their pompous tanks and crippling their meager defenses and neutralizing their otherwise feckless resistance from within. Almost as if on cue, he began to feel a steady rumble, and his HUD called out the approach of end of shouting 
and reveling civilians the thunderous crush of tank treads. He focused awakening both halves of his brain, pushing his abilities of his catalepsian node into the back of his mind. There would be no second chance at this. Boxes went live, quiet clicks chirping as squads radioed inactivity at their position and communicated their ready status. Already, charges were primed in the city circle and they would be set off as the embedded crews opened fire on the tank line and garrisoned legionaries. The yellow ceramite of the tank line crawled past, a falchion, scarred and decorated with dubious honors of the siege and the great crusade, led the cavalcade as hymns of victory and celebration could barely be heard over the roar of its mighty engine. The column filed past, trailed by Malkadors, which in turn would be followed by Predators, Vindicators, and Rhinos. Civilians clamored over them, showering the Astartes of the Seventh with lays and laurels and all manner of confetti. The Vox chatter immediately stopped as a single voice, that of the Delegatus, tasked with the desolation of this world, uttered the long-awaited command which would doom the foes of the Twentieth. Fire! In unison, the Alpha Legion, which had been entrenched and cloaked about the city, all at once threw off their camellia line and opened fire, as the monument in the center of the city was detonated and sent collapsing into the falchion. Phaedros had not seen the events in the circle, but knew the meticulous planning that had gone into orchestrating this devastating victory, this crushing infiltration. His aim was true, and the blinding bolts of Lazfire, released by the first volley, seared through the cloud as they panicked and scattered, screaming, clawing, and trampling over one another as they fled from a consuming barrage of fire from all sides. At last the coruscating beams found the mark, the auxiliary tank of Malkador Infernus. A gout of chemical flame chewed through its network of tubes and hoses, tearing, ripping, and shredding the rubber and plasteel as it bloomed through the monstrous war machine, sending white-hot shrapnel into the crowd, a noxious cl cloud of smoke upward, and a shower of corrosive incendiary caustic ooze onto those not immediately flayed to bits by the first wave of shrapnel. The chaos of the scene was immediate, as secondary explosions continued to feed back into and off of one another, including the shockwave from the center which had collapsed a meaningless tribute to a hero now damned to obscurity, and sent its remnants hurtling down onto the falchion below, the volatility of which set off a chain of events to shame the end of the Malkandor Infernus wrought by the hands of Phaedros and Seraphos. Flesh and bone disintegrate, deflagrated, and tore through yet more flesh and bone, while Astartes, caught in the blast, caused yet more carnage as the remains of their power-armored superhuman frames were projected onto and through what had once been revelers. The soldiers of the 20th continued firing, drawing the ire of the crowd and enemy Astartes alike. Phaedros could hear the protesting cry of the coil struggling to desperately dissipate the hellacious heat generated by the firing frenzy, as he and Xerophos continued to send one volley after another into the approaching mob, acrid smoke filled the air, accompanied by a cacophony of screams, terror, and the sickening sizzle of flesh and bone being melted and vaporized by a devastating torrent of lasfire spewed forth by the battery and its crew. The pair ducked down for the shelter behind both the rapier and the detritus that had accumulated around their positions over the weeks of waiting. Bolter rounds bit into their shadowed power armor and whizzed overhead, but they would not. 
could not yield. Phaedros confirmed the next phase of the assault with Xerophos, that they were to continue firing until the battery overheated, forced it to overload and detonate. Doing so would buy them time to fade into the ever-engulfing madness which swirled around, frantically growing more frenzied, and with each perilous moment in passing. With the coil's whine escalating in pitch to a bancy shriek, Phaedrus pulled the trigger one last time and dove hard right into the ensuing blast, the force of which threw him hard into the pavement, armor scraping as he skidded to a halt, shrapnel from the now smoldering rapier battery biting into the ceramite and plasteel, tinting his damage indicators a glowing orange. Xerphos had dove left, and they were split, hoping desperately to rally for evac after the firefight had come to a close and the seventh were broken and defeated. There was no time for concern over the fate of his brother, as the rev of a chain sword commanded Phaedros's immediate attention. Stand and fight, heretic, spat the yellow armored warrior towering over Phaedros. Phaedros sized up his opponent, bore all the telltale signs of a venerated veteran or sergeant of the imperial fists, namely a scorched red helmet, its once proud white stripe already charred, and a single plume worn by fools thinking parade raiments were fit for the battlefield. You and your damn honor, Phaedros muttered, moving to sweep the legs out from under his foe, and he felt his boot collide with the banded plates of the this legionary, who did not fall, but stumbled enough to grant Phaedros the precious moments necessary to draw his bolt pistol and fire off a quick burst. The rounds buried themselves and detonated in the thick left pauldron of his enemy's armor, decimating the markings of his legion heraldry and sending fragments of bolt and ceramite and plasteel scattered through the narrow alleyway, some shards even colliding with Phaedros's own armor clawing at the surface but unable to bite any deeper. Phaedros quickly unsheathed the dagger and pressed his thumb against the switch, feeling the resonance in his hand as the power fields breathed to life with a hungry hum. To humans whose blood the blade had already tasted, yet on this mission the blade was large enough to be considered a short sword, but to an Astartes it was little more than a dagger, to most legions anyway. The twentieth had gone to great lengths to miniaturize the power field components necessary to allow something often little more than a tool to be capable of dispatching even fellow Astartes in tactical dreadnought armor if the wielder was skilled enough. Sure enough, no sooner than Phaedros had drawn his blade, the fist legionary had set upon him, hammering his armor fist with a counter volley with the, of his own precision bolter fire, and then with brutal strikes of his mighty chainsword. The bolter rounds found purchase in Phaedros's armor, the taste of iron already seeping into his mouth from around as it detonated, concussive force and shrapnel from the bolt gnawing at his lower torso, sending a cascade of endorphins, painkillers, and warnings through the armor and wearer alike. But the seventh's aging Mark III armor was no match for the greater agility afforded by the more advanced Mark IV. Phaedros pulled hard left, evading the chainsword as he did, and thrust the thrumming blade into the exposed joint of his enemy's left armpit, pushing the blade away from himself, nearly severing the arm of the enemy veteran, who snarled and sent another bolt round sailing into the weakened torso of Phaedros. Phaedros fought, sputtering, blood cough as he drove the dagger through his enemy's chin, drawing the blade and flicking off the blood of his once brother Astartes in a single deft motion before sheathing the now deactivated dagger. 
He drew in a sharp breath and winced, knowing he had to make for the evac quickly, lest his stimulants and pain suppressors wear off, allowing his pursuers to get the best of him. Casting a final, fateful glance over his dead foe, he almost paused to reflect on the events that had brought him and the entire galaxy to this point. But there was no time. The mission had ended, and he preferred the thought of making sure he could attempt another one. Instead, he tore off a chunk of flesh from the exposed shoulder wound and quickly devoured it, hoping to glean better understanding of his surroundings and enemy numbers. Waves of fear, rage, disgust, and contempt rushed at Bedros as he experienced his attack through the eyes of the Seventh. Resisting the urge to vomit, Phaedros took a, but a moment for brief co contemplation before opting to lift a manhole and dropping into the vile sewers once again, knowing they would be safest and swiftest way for him to make his evac point, even with a risk of testing his post-human form's resilience to sepsis. With the smell of excrement bombarding his senses, he trudged forward, slinging, slime clinging to the raw scrapes, adorning his once fresh power armor, the thick sludge working into the gaskets and folds of his boots and greaves, causing his movements to become clunky and labored, threatening to force him to slip and drag him down into the foul muck. The sounds of combat raged overhead, buildings were collapsing, this at times forced Phaedros to crawl through the unspeakable ooze as the crush of structures impacted the lines traversing the city sprawl. Eyes fully adjusted to the oppressive gloom, Phaedros knew he was near the outskirts as the manholes had become non-existent. He had no way of knowing if he would arrive in time for evac, or if the LZ had even been cleared for the small wing of storm eagles that would ferry the twentieth survivors away or even if a firefight still continued overhead, but he knew he had to get out of the sewers. His blood ran down his front and his side, co-mingling with the repulsive waste that he stood in. He drew a crack grenade from his belt, affixed it to the ceiling, pulled the pin, and scrambled to the escape the blast radius. The resulting detonation sent a shockwave through the sewers and threatened to bowl Phaedros over in his weakened state, but he stood and he could see tainted shards of daylight seeping through the hole. Carefully checking his egress point, he pulled himself out, all while the wound in his gut sending searing pain coursing through him. With a sharp grunt, he drew himself up, seeing the burning skyline before him, full of billowing smoke and flame. He waited for what felt like hours in agony, but at, before the, at last the storm eagles arrived. Apothecaries dragged him aboard and began tending his wounds, but who knew if it was too late?'